Glad you're here, Chasing Relevance. Hey guys, this week's episode, we're talking about being dads. We're talking about the things we were taught, what we learned along the way, and the things we're continuing to learn and grow in. This week, we had the opportunity to have one of our good friends, Jared Montag, sit down with us and share his experiences and the things that he learns and continues to grow in. We hope you enjoy it, so stay tuned. Hey y'all, we're glad you're here today with Chasing Relevance. Today's is uh, our first guest speaker, a good friend of ours, both Scott and I's, Mr. Jared Montag, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. And I pronounced, I, I said that correctly, right? You did. Yeah, you're good. Uh, okay, make, make sure you correct me if I'm wrong on that, man. Right. I don't want to mess up. But uh, today, today um, we were really wanting to talk about being a dad in today's world and what that's like for us, how that has changed since we were kids, um, you know, things that we, we kind of grew up with, what our dads were like and, and what, that was, what that time was like, but also what we learned from it and kind of how we take that into being, uh, becoming a dad ourselves and how it changes our lives and our um, our priorities and, and how we spend time and all those areas of life. But um, the biggest thing is, is, you know, what it means to us and what we're taking forward with it. Um, but yeah, Jared, man, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you spent time with us. This is exciting. This is fun. And we've had some really great heart to hearts, both Scott and I on our own with you sitting down, just talking. And so we thought you would be perfect for someone to sit in with us and have this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, Scott, why don't you go ahead and kind of uh, lead us into this, man? Sure. Well, um, like you said, you know, this is about what it's like being a dad in today's world. Um, and, and I have a feeling that with our three different family dynamics, uh, it, it will have, I think we'll have different stories that brought us to where we are. But I also believe that the three of us have a lot of common uh, a lot of commonalities in, in how we parent and, and why we do some of the things we do and what we're trying to teach our, our kids. Um, I know for me, uh, you know, having a blended family of hers, mine, and ours has been a, a very interesting uh, dynamic for the last 20 years. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think our perspectives are different, but I think our goals are very much the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you get uh, all three of us together. You mentioned, Scott, way different experiences and stories all yeah. boiling down to the same focal point. You're just, we're just trying to raise kids. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I know with, with our kids, your kids and mine, go to school together. So they're of the same age. And, and that's really kind of what introduced us to each other. Um, yeah. You know, boys playing football together, the girls playing basketball together. And so we just kept running into each other and, and connecting and and then there was commonality with my wife and her, her job and your job. So it was, yeah. uh, it just, it just kind of, it just kind of grew that way. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I was excited to have you on is because I know DNR have a mutual respect for you and, uh, as a person and as a, a father and husband, um, based on what we know about you. Absolutely. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Thank you. Well, it's, you know, it is, it, it is, is what it is. Um, it's, it's, uh, it takes that, I think in today's world, it takes that, that kind of fatherhood, brotherhood, if you will, um, of support and, and, um, being able to, to talk to each other about different challenges and, 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 and the, and the, and the wins, you know, not just the, the hard part, but the good stuff. Um, Absolutely. you know, we also got to experience that in, with our girls in drama and things like that. It's just, it's just that common common fatherly bond. You know, I just, just yesterday I had an experience. I think that will uh, hit the nail on the head of what you're trying to say is uh, years ago when I was in college, uh, we lived in a, in a house and over the years, a lot of different guys moved in and moved out. Well, uh, yesterday we decided to do a, because everybody's, you know, being socially distant, right? So we decided to do a, 
a Zoom meeting of all the former roommates. Oh wow! And so it was like oh, looking yeah. at it was like looking at Hollywood Squares or the Brady Bunch, right, <laughs> <laughs> on your screen, right? Because there are so many. And uh, I wanted to be the guy in the middle, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we're all we're all sort of yeah exactly looking down, and, um, and we've all remained in touch over the year really, but we decided just to have everybody give a little snapshot of what's going on and that's what we did. You know, this is what I do, this is where I live and so on. And the last guy to ring in, a good friend, Travis, he's like, I wish I had something super special to say, but all I'm doing is raising kids. And, and I just had to, you know, time out, Travis, <laughs> of anything you could do, right? that's the most right. important thing. And yes. it, it, with all the guys that were on that call yesterday, there was, you know, oh, seven or eight of us. There was over 30 kids. Wow. <laughs> right? wow. Between all of us, right? And that's what we're doing, right? We're raising kids. Yeah. And I know yeah. it doesn't sound glamorous and it doesn't make the marquee all the time. Right. But at the end of the day, the thing that's the most fulfilling, if you really are thinking about what is really going to be most impactful, it's it's those kids and, and, yeah. and the joy and the challenge they bring and, and the fun and sometimes not so fun. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. It really brought things into focus for me when he said that. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's awesome. It's a great way. Yeah, that's, well, listen, why don't we kind of start off? I think it'd be neat to just give a quick picture of kind of uh, what it was like growing up with each of our dads. And, and uh, you know, Scott, maybe you start off with just a you know picture of that of just yeah, kind yeah. of what it was like you know, with, your, with your dad and that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, from the time I can remember uh, until I was about 13, uh, my dad was a long haul truck driver. So he was absent a lot. And, and that made my mother the ruling hand of authority in our home. And she really had to assume both, both roles uh, the majority of the time. When my dad came home, the whole dynamic of the house changed. Um, and there was rarely the wait till your father gets home. She just handled it. <laughs> You know, she just, she just handled it. Yeah. So, but when dad got home, we knew that things, there were two different houses when dad was home, when mom was running the show, um, sure. we could push my mom. We couldn't, we couldn't even lean into my dad. It was, you know, <laughs> he was just, he was a trucker. What, what else can I say? You know, yeah. he, was, he was dad. He was, he was dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then he, he moved into a, a, a more of a managerial role. And so he was home more often. And that's when I really learned from him from, from 13 to, to 16, 17 um, mm -hmm. until I, until I left home. Yeah. And so that was, that was kind of my, that was kind of my, my story in that. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, what about you, man? Uh, so my, my dad always came across as, uh, pretty authoritative, um, or authoritative, I guess is the right word. And, uh, now I, I get it where he was coming from because I'm, I'm now where he was right. And house full of kids and trying to make ends meet and all that kind of stuff. But my dad came across as author authoritative, but, uh, it didn't take long for him to let the guard down. And, and let you, you always knew that you were loved and a couple of experiences. I mean, that my dad would wake up on, on Saturday mornings and, and give my mom a break. My, my dad would leave for work early during the week, and get home late from work. And so my mom and us kids, we did most of the cooking, but on, on Saturday mornings, that was my dad's time to shine. And so he'd wake up and we'd have the full meal deal, man. It was, it was great. Saturdays were awesome. That's, and, that's and, cool. And so that's one experience that really showed me that hey, my dad is pretty interested in in taking care of us. And and then uh, we grew up on six acres, and we had a rather large garden. And where we lived in California, it was warm, and things grew like crazy. So every Saturday, and then during harvest time, you know, every third day, we were down in that garden, and that's where my dad taught me how to work. And mm -hmm. really, that fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It kind of stunk actually, and he'd get mad, <laughs> throwing dirt claws at each other, and you know, oh, that, 
was that a weed or is that a piece of corn? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but my dad taught me, if it's got to be done, you just get to it and you do it. Yeah. And yeah. figure out a way. And so those are the two things. That's, that's the kind of dad I grew. He's since passed away, um, unfortunately. But, but that's, that's the kind of dad I grew up with. Never a doubt that he was there for us and wanted to teach us everything that he did. Yeah, that's great, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. You know, um, you know, my dad was, um, so just a real quick backdrop. He grew up in a home where he was a hired hand. He was a worker and the relationship he had with his dad wasn't, uh, a real like hug on you, encourage you, build you up. Like his dad didn't show up and watch him play any sports kind of thing. It, it was, it was, he was a kind of a hired hand. So when he had a son, he really wanted to, be loving on, on me and, and encourage me. He was like my biggest fan. Anything I was doing, he was always just telling me, Hey, whatever you want to do, you put your mind to it. You can do it. And so that was kind of what I grew up with is, is him always encouraging me and, and pumping me up. Um, and, uh, you know, his, his, because he was a worker and that's what he knew. I mean, that's what I grew up in the relationship with, with dad was, is he, he worked a lot and he was a grinder and get it done. And, and, uh, you know, nobody's going to give you any handouts. And so he really did teach me, you know, what it means to earn it. Um, but it was also kind of like that too. Like my mom was great, but it was kind of like, I knew if I didn't tow the line, dad had to come on and deal with it. It you know, I was like, Phew. you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want to have to go that direction. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But no, he was, you know, um, uh, he was, he was great because of the fact that um, he always just taught me, you know, uh, don't let people abuse you. And I think because he dealt with some, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like you know, my, my dad's the kind of guy because of a business he had, he dealt with people every day all the time. And people love, uh, his name is Dean, being around Dino. Like everybody loves Dino. And, and whether you, if you don't like him, you at least respect him because he's kind of like, a, he, say, he says what he means, he means what he says, and that's it. Like there's, there's no, there's no gray area. No interpretation there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and so, you know, that's kind of, you know, how, what I grew up with is, is just a guy who was, he was, he was a grinder. He was a hardworking dude. And, uh, you know, he absolutely did his best trying to give us what he didn't have. And that was just, you know, letting us know he loved us and, and, uh, you know, building us up. But it was it was fun for my dad as work. So Jared, I get it because like my dad would be like, "Hey, today we're gonna go set posts and build fence, man." And that's how fun. <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, really?" Yeah, thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice so 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 Dr. What's uh, what's your current family dynamic like? Yeah. So I. Uh, I became a father a little later in life. I didn't get married till I was 30. I had my first when I was 36. Um, and currently I have three boys, ages 8, 10, and 12. And, uh, and man, it's, um, it was one of my biggest dreams in life. One of them was to be, you know, we talked about dream jobs the other day. One of them was to be a dad. Right. Um, and I didn't grow up with brothers. I grew up with one sister, but I had friends that grew up with brothers. I always longed to have a brother. And so when we started having boys, I was, I was just tickled, man, because it was just like, this is cool. Like, these dudes are going to grow up together. They're going to be the best of friends, worst of enemies at times. <laughs> um, but, but that's how they are. I mean, they're just they're, they have a ton of fun together, and they're chuckling and laughing. And they say, you know, somebody's squalling, and, and somebody got into it with the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, but, not, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of, you know, where I'm at right now. Um, and, and, uh, in our dynamic of how many kids I have and what that looks like. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Jared, how about you? Yeah. Uh, that DR, kind of like you, I, um, I spent my early twenties and my mid twenties and my late twenties being a ski bomb. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, uh, I didn't get married until I was 29 and, um, and that, bum mentality quickly was uh replaced with having kids and, and <laughs> so 29 he had had our first kid at, i was 31 it was my it was a son my son benjamin and uh so uh, he's the oldest i got two daughters a 17 year old and a 15 year old and a 12 year old son and so 
You know, I've, uh, it really, my dad taught me, he said, when I had my first, he said, if, if having a kid doesn't change you, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think about that almost every day, actually. And, uh, I, I, you know, as parents, we spend a lot of time change, right? Don't do this, do that. And then I got to look in the mirror and say, uh, how much am I changing? I'm, I'm sure trying to get my kids to change a lot, but how much am I changing to, to help facilitate their change? But uh, my dad, I, you know, I, I love going home. Yeah. You know, it's great to come to work and it's great to step away, right? It's cool. And because, you know, we got we to gotta do our thing in, in terms of supporting our families. But I love going home. And I, I love coming home and my son's outside digging in the snow and uh, my two daughters are upstairs, you know, kind of bickering back and forth as to who's going to do the dishes, <laughs> you know, and uh, my oldest son doesn't live at home anymore. He's, he's in Texas serving a mission for our church. And, but the conversations that I have with him now are light years above what I ever expected. You yeah. know, they're way more on par than, uh, than I ever expected just in terms of like life experiences. I've just been, it's been great. I love it. It's awesome. Love coming home. Yeah. That is so cool. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people, not, I shouldn't say not a lot, but, but there are those out there that, that can't say that. They can't say, I love going home every night to my, Mm -hmm. my family and my, my life. Um, especially, you know, in times like this where things are getting real hard and stresses are stress levels are high and, and, uh, yeah, that's that's so awesome. Um, yeah, I have a little bit different story. Um, <laughs> I got married at 20, my, the first time. So I had my first child at 22, and I did not take that nearly as seriously as I could have or should have. Um, and so between the age of 22 and 30, 30, yeah, 22 and 30. 31, I had four children. I had four girls and, and my son was my youngest. Um, and during, in that time frame, I made a lot of mistakes and I did a lot of things that, that I regret and, and wish I could have changed. Um, but I've, I've since, you know, maturity has a way of of changing the way you, you look at things a lot of times. Um, would I change some of those things? Yeah, I would. I absolutely would. Um, would I change the outcome? Probably not because of where I am now and, and where my children are. Um, and, and, and they went through some tough things, you know, uh, but they're all healthy. They're all happy. And, and, uh, and so am I. And so in 2000, I met my current wife. And I adopted, didn't really technically adopt, but I brought in two more children. So I have a 35-year-old stepson and a 23-year-old stepdaughter. Um, And then we had our own child together. So there are seven children ranging from 15 to 35. Uh, And it is a baseball team if my wife and I play. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's rare that we get them all together, but it does happen occasionally. And when it does, I feel like I am the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I think what, what really changed my perspective on things is when my oldest daughter had her first child, which was just a, just a year ago. And, uh, and then my, my oldest son, had his first child just a few months ago. And um, I realized that he, he was, he was older than I was when I met his mom. Cause I was 30, what was I 30, 31 when I met my wife and he's 35 now. And I looked at my wife and I said, <laughs> I said, do you realize that he's four years older than I was when we met? And she, she wow. just, she lost it. She's like, wait, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was four years younger than our, our son when you and I first met. And that just 
it blew it out of the water. But now being a grandfather, everything is different. Um, yeah. But but it's been it's been uh, it's been so fun to watch the older kids now become parents and watch them change and how how their priorities literally changed overnight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm super proud. I'm super happy and fun for uh, you know excited for them as parents. Um, but my job now is to be the parent and grandparent that I wasn't. Well, it's the cool thing is now as a grandparent, you get to be like, have fun with them, yeah, spoil them all day and then be like, Hey, here you go, mom and dad. Yep, exactly. Sugar, right. Sugar, 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 sugar. Now go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's going to happen. Well, that's, that's a good lead in to kind of this next little area that I wanted us to maybe share is if there's a story or something that when you became a dad, like the first time, first child, that, that, you know, moment of all of a sudden realized, wow, I'm a dad now, maybe how that changed you or what, what really you felt and experienced, you know, in that. Um, and I'll kind of lead this off maybe, and, and you guys can kind of, you probably, you know, trigger a few things, but I know for me being that I, you know, I kind of, I mean, I was too selfish in my twenties, just flat out plain and simple. I, I had work and play to do, and I didn't want to, you know, answer to anyone or anything. And so I was just working and grinding and playing a lot. But um, when I became a dad, we had, we were married for, well, close to six years. And we had gone through multiple uh, miscarriages. Mm. Um, and it kind of started to be that the, the, what we were starting to be told was, is that the chances of us becoming parents of our own children was probably slim to none. Mm. and uh that was that was hard for me to take mm-hmm. that was hard for me to accept in fact I didn't accept it um I just was like you know I was like no uh, I, I'm I'm not willing to just be okay with that and and and, and even though we, that we started to like seriously look at okay well, you know adoption what could that look like and adoption is a beautiful thing and it's a wonderful thing and we have family members that have adopted kids and and it's amazing. I mean, I love being around these families and the dynamic of that. But I, I, for me, at that point in time, I wasn't willing to accept that. And I wasn't willing to go there. Um, I just, you know, um, and, and it, it kind of got to a point where Teddy and I just, my wife just said, you know, we're just going to step away from this. We're just going to step away from it. We're going to take a break and we're going to just start, you know, looking at maybe adopting. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was like all of a sudden, Hey, you're pregnant again. And it was kind of like, we couldn't get excited anymore right. because we didn't know how long it was going to last. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, uh, but I remember we had that first one and, uh, it wasn't the kind of delivery you want. It was rough. Um, and of course it was, there's a whole, you know, all kinds of things I can tell you about it, but it was rough. And he was in the NICU for the first like three to five days. I can't remember, but it was, it was a tough go in the beginning of it, but it all of a sudden, man, I all of a sudden just went into that Papa bear mode. And I all of a sudden just realized like this was, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me. And, uh, and I, and I knew with the gift that I was given, um, and, and, you know, and, and it also made me realize there are some people that never still, they don't, they don't get to that point where they get to have their own kids. And so it made me really understand and realize some of the things that other people go through not being able to have their own and relating to that. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that first time having my oldest Colt, um, and I, and I mentioned this the other day, you know, I got to, I got to name him. I had to give up all rights to name any other kids. <laughs> but I got to name him Colt McCray Bledsoe and uh yeah that was um you know and 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 everyone after that it's just been it's just been one of the coolest things that have happened that's happened to me and it's the best job I've ever had for sure for sure yep yep <laughs> how about you Jared how was your how was your first first arrival huh. Well, DR, that was a great story, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so uh, when my wife, uh, six months before my wife got pregnant, I was 
I was working at a hotel in downtown Salt Lake and front desk, uh, operations, that kind of stuff. And anyway, the director of sales at the hotel called me upstairs and basically they wanted to promote me to sales manager. And I'm like, heck no, man, I had none, none of that. Those guys, they wear ties, they're stuffy, they never seem happy. Why would I do that? <laughs> like, I'm like, forget that. So I, I completely turned her down and, and she was a little bit what? But, uh, but uh, I told her why, just because the people up there just didn't, weren't having a good time. And I can't, you know, if you're going to spend eight hours a day doing something, you, you need to like what you're doing. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. I turned it down. I told my wife that and she looked at me crossways and six months later, my wife's pregnant, right? General manager comes back down to me. She says, hey, Jared, we'd like to have that talk again. Some things have changed up in the sales office. And I, and I went, I had that conversation with the GM. I didn't accept it right there. I went home and talked to my wife. And my wife looked at me and she said, you will take that job. <laughs> and and, and yes, my kid wasn't even born yet, right? And, but uh, it was at that moment that the gravity of what I got myself into, and, and I chose to get myself into, yep. um, the gravity of what was coming in three months time was this isn't a game anymore, yep. <laughs> right? This, this is not like, oh, am I going to have enough money to pay my rent, get my, my season pass? It, it was way beyond that. And, and so I took the job, and it stressed me out, and it stretched me a lot. But to be able to make that transition, knowing that I – and my wife was working at the time, too, and supporting our household. And, uh, but knowing that it was going to be heaped upon me, that this is now my focus. This is – I have to change. And so, bless my wife's heart, I changed, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and I'm glad that I did because that just brought into focus the thing, all the things that we've been talking about earlier. Is what is your main responsibility? And so, even before my first kid was born, um, I had that real sense of okay, now it's time to do something different. And then, of course, when he was born. Um, we took full advantage. You know, insurance allows for what up to three days in the Hot for like, heck yeah, man, room service, come in, bring a bed, I'm in. And, uh, and we enjoyed that time and then went home. And, and then another just real quick situation, not too long after we'd come home with the kid, maybe a month or two, uh, I'd come home from work and the, someone knocked at the, at the door and I was in the kitchen. My wife had our son, he was born now, in, his, in her arms and she goes to the door. To, and it was the UPS guy. And the UPS guy, uh, looking at my wife, says, oh, is your mom home? We got a package for you. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> my, wife, my wife still looks young. Um, but then the UPS dude must have thought I was robbing the cradle for sure. <laughs> yeah. But again, that just, that just made me, wow, we are young. We, do we even know yeah. what we're doing? Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, but again, just one of those kind of in your face experiences like, yeah, well, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to figure it out real fast. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. That's, that's funny. No experiences. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I was, I was young. I was 22 and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, <laughs> I actually, I actually thought I, was gonna, I thought I was going to participate in the birthing process. So, so I'm, I'm, we're sitting in the room and it's, you know, we're probably 18 hours into it. And, uh, the doctor comes in and, and, and I'm sitting in the chair eating Subway, literally eating Subway. <laughs> and, uh, and he comes in and he goes, all right. He goes, I think we're going to go ahead and break your water. So I wrap up the sandwich and I throw it away and I'm like, okay, what are we doing? And he's like, you're not doing anything. <laughs> we're going to just take care of this right here. And so He's like, you've already and, done enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so that was my first, like, yeah, this really isn't about me at all. Right. Uh, realization. And, you know, after the fact, our daughter also spent three days in the, in the NICU um, just with fever and things, you know, just as a preventative thing. Um, 
and, and you know, we get home and, and, and like you said, DR, I was 22. And, and like you said, in your twenties, you were too selfish. I was too. Um, and I did not, I did not fulfill that role the way I should have. Um, and, and the way I could have, and I very well could have, I chose not to. Um, and I chose to live like a 22 year old, uh, for the next, you know, however many years and, and, uh, went through some different situations, but ended up with the three kids and, and, uh, well, actually the four kids. Um, but that was my, that was my introduction into fatherhood. And, and now I look back at that and I think to myself, you know, I, d I don't know if it could have been worse other than just not being present, but, um, it, it really, it motivates and drives everything I do now. Everything right. I've done in the last probably, well, 15 years, actually, since Tess has been born, since our, our, our last, our, our youngest has been born, um, that birth changed my whole life. Mm. Um, and that's because I was, what, 36, 35, 36. Um, so I, or 30, 34, 35. And uh, my perspective changed mm. and my priorities changed. And, you know, we had been through a miscarriage prior to that two years or a year, year or two prior to that too. Um, so everything shifted in 2004 when she was born. And, and from that point forward, I feel like um, I've been the best, the best father, grand, uh, grand, no, grandfather uh, that I can be. And that's my goal, you know, and in my mind, that's part of my legacy to the rest of the world. Um, not, not what they do, but how they impact others. What, what you learn from it and, yep. and, and, and then make the next day exactly. a better one. Yep. And what I can, what I can impart on them about, you know, I've been very, very honest with my kids and my ex-wives um, about that time period in my life and, and, not not always why I did the things I did, but I have reconciled with them about those things and and know that that going forward it's gonna be very different. Yeah. Well and you're gonna have the opportunity because of your experiences, you're gonna you're gonna run into somebody, you're gonna hear something, you're gonna see something, you're gonna be able to, you know, mentor, coach, right. share yeah. some wisdom yeah. Yeah. that somebody's gonna need and you're gonna be the guy that's gonna help them get through that. I hope yeah. so. You know, and, yeah, that, well, and again, that's kind of a goal, you know, for us is to, is to impact as many people as we can. Have, have any of you ever met a father who, if he's honest with himself, felt he's always done it perfectly? No, True. no, yeah, definitely no. not. You yeah, know, I've met so, fathers that won't admit that to themselves. True that. That's okay too. But yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is that you, you share your, uh, what, what you perceive as a deficiency as, as a young man, a, a young father, um, but look, but look at the experience that you had and what you've gained right. as you, in retrospect as you look right. at, oh, man, I wish I would have done that differently. But now you have the opportunity to do that. Right. You're super fortunate, Scott, because of those experiences have shaped you. And, no and, question. And, and, and now you're, you're, you're able to do what, how you want to do it because you have the perspective and the lens of looking back right. at how you had. Right. You know. And that lens has changed. I've, I've, I've shifted my, my, the way I look at it to be using it now, using it to, as an, to an advantage of mine. Uh, we just lost DR. <laughs> okay, uh, we're back. Jared or Scott, so when you guys, um... You know, you got. Do you have any stories of of something you really learned in the mo in a moment you were in as being a dad? You no, know, um, or something that you know you really was a was a kind of a growing learning point that you like. One thing I've done is I've caught myself doing things that I sound just like my dad, <laughs> and and I'm like, oh, I so just sounded like my dad on that right there. Uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's kind of funny because like, it's not, 
it's, 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 sometimes it's those things you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'd never do that to my kid. And then you turn around and do it. Yeah. Um, but do you guys have anything that, you know, you, you know, you think of right off that was like a, a moment where you just really. But I'll, I'll take a shot at it, Scott. Um, I have this picture of my dad and we, we grew up camping and fishing and hiking and all that good stuff. And um, I have this picture of my dad. It's not a digital picture, right? It's one of those old school paper, you know, like you have to go to the store and have it developed kind of things. And uh, so my dad's fishing and he's, uh, he's in Kenley Creek up here, not too far from us. And he's got his hip waders on and he's in the middle of the water, right? He's right. He's not fishing from the side, not scared to get in, get wet. He's, he's right in it. And I've had this picture for probably 20 years. And every time I look at it, it reminds me, man, you're not going to get nothing done standing on the side, standing on the shoreline. Right. If you want to, if you want to get that big mini, man, you got to hop in the water and, and you got to get after it. And I, so I, and I look at that picture and it reminds me, whatever situation I'm in with my kids specifically, or even relationships with my wife, if, if you want to get the payoff, you can't be standing on the sidelines. You, you got to get in there as a dad or in there as a husband and uh, help with whatever needs to happen. You just got to get after it. And that's the way my dad always was. If there was something that needed to be done, he just got in it and mm -hmm. uh, got dirty figuratively or literally, you know, and and just got after it and made sure that whatever needed to happen took place. And there's a hundred stories I have about that, but that's, that's the general principle is that just get in it, get after it, get it done. I think, I think that's a, a great point. There's a book and man, I wish I could remember the name of this book. I remember my mom gave it to me and it was a fantastic book because it really was talking about like, <clears throat> as a father, how you want to work, equipped your kids and the thing is is sometimes um as dads we forget to tell them that like hey i have i have fears or i have failures that you don't even know about and mm -hmm. and allowing your kids to hear that wow dad dad's you know he, he screwed up too and dad he's he's got things that you know he's challenged by and and being in the trenches with them allowing them to hear that and learn from that and, li and listen um, and then, and then helping them understand, like, this is a process and you got to go through it and, and, you know, it just doesn't happen, but you know, it's like, it's like what you just said, you got to be out in the water. You got to be in the river. You got to be where the flow's at. And, and, and if you just try to hang out on the, on the side of the bank or, or stay, you know, where the water's not moving, it's hard to, to really grasp and learn from that. And, and, uh, you know, that's, I think that's something that, um, as dads that, uh, that is our number one is, is preparing them to realize that there's the ups and there's the downs and there's the, there's the tough stuff we go through and that's what makes us better. And, and, but letting them know, cause I, I think sometimes it's easy for dads to want to, you know, dads is, you know, to, to a kid, you know, you know, my boys, thought I was a superhero like for reals until they were about seven <laughs> and then all of a sudden they realized like that doesn't have any superpowers yeah then they saw the cape in the washer and like what <laughs> <laughs> you know they literally I had them believing I was a superhero until about age seven and they all started realizing like nah man that <laughs> <laughs> but it's like letting them know that like you you have things you struggle with and even today letting them know, like, I'm going to screw up today, boys. And, and then we're all going to learn from it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't think of a single time where my dad uh, didn't teach. He only taught in the terms of the ideal, right? Like, this is what we're, this is what we're reaching for. Now, of course, my dad was, he, he, there was latitude there. If we, if we didn't quite make it, he didn't get all over us, right? But he always taught in the terms of the ideal, knowing that more often than not, we're probably not going to make it there at first time. And I really appreciated that because that gave me something to shoot for. Yeah. And so it, with, with my kids, it's the same thing. We always 
I think we always need to teach in the terms of the ideal. This is, this is the benchmark we're shooting for, but have compassion with our kids, have compassion with our wives, and, and, and compassion with ourselves, because we're not always going to make it. You know, we're going to strive, but we're not always going to hit the ball out of the park every time. There was a gal, and I can't remember the company she runs, or I wish I remember her name, but she said at her dinner table growing up, her dad every night would ask the kids at the table, what did you fail at today? And he wanted to hear they had a failure because his philosophy was, is that if you're not trying and you're not, if you're not failing, you're not trying. That if you're not failing at something, you're not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to learn to grow to be better. And so he celebrated the failure. So he was like, he wanted to hear that, you know, they tried out for the school play and didn't get it. He was like, Hey, right on. You know, what'd you learn from that? What'd you take from that? And what are you going to do different next time? And so he celebrated failures at the dinner table. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. I, uh, was that Sarah Blakely? It might've been. I can't remember. I, I know that same story. I don't remember who it was though. Um, yeah. You know, my, my dad was a, I grew up blue collar, man. And they were, he was, he and my mom both were, were just hardworking people. Um, so, you know, work ethic in my house was, was really, really important. Um, and, and I, I gave up on that in about seventh grade when it came to school, cause I just, I stopped caring about school, but, but, you know, working, working, um, he, he, he's by far one of the hardest working people I've ever known. But at the same time, he was kind of a hard man. Um, and, and in that role of truck driver, he had to be, I got, I get that. Um, and there's all kinds of stress that comes along with being gone all the time and not knowing what's going on at home, especially without cell phones and things like that, that were way in the future. Um, but the one thing I learned from watching him more than from what he directly taught me was about evolving as a person. Um, because he went from, I mean, a hard man, he was a hard man, uh, when he was driving truck, he, you know, his career path took a different turn. He got more into management and, and office and, um, and then started working for actually for gateway 2000. And, uh, at that point, he was not a very tolerant person and he will openly admit that now. But to watch him evolve from, oh, probably age 40 to where he is now and becoming such a different person, one gave me hope in, in knowing that if I wanted to change, I could change. And, and two, watching him go from the, hard, the hard-nosed person that he was to the teddy bear he is now, um, it, it gave me not, not, not necessarily hope, but it gave me like permission mm. because I spent a lot of time in that kind of condition myself of, of, but I was more, I was, it, for me, it was more self-absorbed and, and selfish um, gratifications and, and things like that. Not, not being gone and being hard conditioned by life. Like he was, um, I think he grew up a lot like your dad did DR with, not a whole lot of affection in the home and, um, you know, blue collar farmers, uh, laborers, they actually lived in, they built their garage, lived in their garage when they were children while they built the home, you know, things mm. like that. Um, so he came from a whole different perspective and, mm. and to, to not to see where he is now, um, is, is so heartwarming and encouraging to me knowing that I can become a better person yeah. anytime that I choose to. Yes. That's, that's it right there. Yep. And, and so for my kids, they don't know him like that. They, if I ever talk about that kind of thing, they're like, are you insane? He is a teddy bear and he is, yeah. mm-hmm. man, there was a time when he was just not the guy to mess with. But Scott, isn't that the principle we're trying to teach our kids anyway? I mean, absolutely. You're reckoning that, that, hey, I can change, right? And, yeah. and you, and more better than that, you're recognizing that there are things that you need to change. I, exactly. I recognize the same thing. Yes. And, and, and to 
allow our kids the opportunity to recognize that perfection is not the goal right now. Correct. It's, it's striving to be better every day. Yep. Right? Excellence. If, if, you can be excellent without being perfect. Yes, right? and, exactly. And, you know? Yes. And, uh, so it, I think it's important for our kids. I've had a conversation with my daughter uh, recently, in fact, a series of conversations. She's comparing herself to everybody, right? right. She's 15. That's what, if we're not careful, we all do that. But yep. she's especially in that spot. And, uh, you know, her body image or her talents or the clothes that she wears or whatever. Everything. Every Everything. little thing. Yeah. And she has, what she's done is she takes her perception of what she feels is her worst attribute and right. compares it to someone who, and she takes that best attribute, right. attribute of and yeah. that's, you'll never win that. And so we've had some great conversations helping her to understand, Juliet, the way you are right now is awesome. If you recognize that there's something to change, great, let's work on it. But stop, uh, you guys know Cody Hansen. I think I was mentioning this to you yesterday, DR, but a friend named Cody Hansen, uh, he said, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And, no question. That's such a great quote. It's such a great quote. And and so these are these are some of the things that I've been working on with my kids is to, you know, don't compare yourself. Just just do your best. You can be excellent without being perfect. Yes. And the pursuit of excellence, you may never become even excellent, but I promise you will become better. Exactly. And and yeah. progress yeah. is always my goal for sure. Yeah, you know, and I think I think like the way I define excellence or I've used it is is is, is given your best and your best today will be different your best a week from today because because you're you're hopefully learning and growing and realizing hey there's you know i could have done this a little different kind of stuff and 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 yeah i mean the thing is every day i learn a little something from my boys Hmm. this the scary part is is when they'll be like hey guys this is what dad does and they'll act like they're doing an impersonation of me or how I come across. I'm like, really? My wife will look at me and she's like, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's what you do. That is That's spot what on. You do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I got to work <laughs> on that. You know? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this would be another, another topic to come back and, and, and touch on uh, in another episode is about guiding our kids through that whole process of comparison and self-worth and self-development and, and all that kind of thing, because it's such a massive uh, topic. And, and especially now in the Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok world, um, you, it's, it's impossible to not, con- you know, compare yourselves. Um, and, and it's, it's to, it, to me, it's very easily becomes toxic. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it, and just to, and that's another discussion for another day. But just what I've learned is, that if if you're not sharing with your children uh, goals and aspirations and, and and teaching them how to do that, something else is going to come in and fill that void. Is going to teach you right. something else that you don't that you don't want them to teach yep. to learn. Hundred percent. Well, the the and I think this is a great way to kind of kind of start wrapping this up is is being a dad in today's world. Okay, so like when we were kids. Right. There was none of this. There was none of this stuff. Okay. Right. Um, and, and like what you guys were saying, these kids are uh, being left to kind of find their identities through comparisons of the internet, right? Through these different people showing their TikTok this or whatever that and Instagram this and that. And I mean, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's that way for adults, how they start comparing themselves to what's going on with other people's lives. And the thing, the thing that as, as a dad that I realized with my boys, and then, I'm, and then I'm not good at this, but I try to focus on this is like, one, I want them to get their, 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 their worth and their value through uh, Teddy and I's parents, letting them know, hey, this is who you are. This is, this is how you're wired. This is how the good Lord made you. And this is the things that you need to work on and learn and grow and, and go after and you got to earn it and and, and, and and help build them up so where they're not like you just said they're not seeking that 
right. by comparison of what they see other people doing. And, and, and in today's world, it's tough because, I mean, it's the hot thing and, and everybody's, you know, plugging into it and looking at it and, you know, it's easy to be entertained. And then they say, you know, you kind of get sucked into it. But I think with these kids, the one thing I try to do, and, it, and it's tough um, right now with where we're at, it, we're living in such a different environment than where we have been the last 10 years, but is being out, being hands-on with them and, and getting them uh, doing things where they're having to learn and, and, and figure things out and, and then, you know, interacting with them. Like, I want to be, I want my boys and I to be like best buddies, and I'm hoping we can be from here on out. Um, but along with being best buddies, I still got to be dad and then finding that balance in there. And, and, uh, man, I love going and doing stuff with my boys and, and just having fun, but you know, I got, I have to step back and then say, you know, Hey, Hey guys, we, we need to work on this. We need to talk about this or what have you. Yeah. But I, all of those challenges of being a dad, like if I just stop and, and, and not get focused on what I think I need to get done. But if I just stop and think about what can I do? that's going to really show my boys that like I'm, I'm into them. I'm into who they are and what they're becoming and what can I, you know, like that's, that's the, that's the best part of it. And it's tough because as we're all trying to make a living and, and raise our, raise our kids and, you know, support them and so forth. Um, it's easy to get wound up with what we got on our plates, but um, you know, it, today well, our, our kids need us grabbing and hugging them. Right. talking to them, getting in their face and, and connecting. They need it more now than ever. Well, and that goes, that speaks to the, one of the topics we just talked about a few days ago. And that's just, it, you, we, you have to be present. You have to be mm. present in the moment, not, not physically just sitting there. It, right. it takes presence and conscious effort and, and recognition to be, yeah. um, you know, to, to just, <laughs> it's scary it's hard kids need acknowledgement and if they don't get it from their their home life from their parents from their siblings yep. they're going to go seek acknowledgement they, somewhere else they will find yeah. it and you won't be able to control that and they will find it and it may not be what you want them to find yeah you know? exactly exactly yeah. right yeah well i think i think i am optimistically uh, or cautiously optimistic for the future. Um, I think, I think with, with, uh, you know, guys like us and, and, and dads like us, um, being able to openly discuss these things, being openly honest about, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's where we can have the most impact in, in, um, just bringing bringing to light the challenges that that are out there and and hopefully opening discussions even if it's just among other people not not involving us just having table discussion about all these things that all these challenges and, and, yeah. and things out there that that we face as parents but that also that kids are facing um you know and and jared we're going to do an episode about what it's like to be a a, a kid in today's world um, and DR is going to bring his daughter, his son on his, uh, his 12 year old. And I'm going to bring Tess on. We should have Juliet come in and, and, yeah. and, uh, if she's open to it and have, you know, have a, 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 a father child discussion about these things. Well, she's got time, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, uh, this is, this is kind of something I'll just say. And, and then, um, and then I'm good is, uh, the one thing that I know when all of a sudden I'm struggling with one of my boys, cause I got one in middle school now, one almost middle school, the one who's just a turd, um, is, uh, <laughs> that's a technical term. That's a technical fatherhood term. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's the youngest. He's the turd, but yep. is, is whatever's going on when things start to seem like they're, they're, they're getting tough and I'm starting to have some friction and I'm having to kind of get on their case and we're kind of dealing with some attitude on this. The one thing I start realizing is, is that I've been busy and I have not been just hugging on my kids enough. Yeah. I have not been getting in their space, hugging on them, loving on them, telling them, Hey man, I appreciate you. I love you. And then just checking in with them. 
And, and when I, when I start just doing that a lot, it usually will start help break down some of the little barriers I'm running into. And, and, you know, I think, I think one of the number one things that's worked on me when my parents did it and I see it with my boys is loving on them every day. And then you, you have, you have a, a place to kind of go from when you got to deal with the problems. But if it's like, if it's like, it's been, you know, everybody's been busy in life and days go by and then all of a sudden it gets rough. That, you know sure. yeah it's hard it's hard to have that that comfortable open conversation yeah yeah for sure well, i'm continuing learning guys i mean every day no and, I, and, and, and i'm striving to be the best dad i can be and and with that there's going to be a lot of uh failures but the biggest thing i can say is is i do literally sit down with my boys when i really screw up whether i got angry and i reacted out of just anger or whether I just got short with them because I thought I was busy with something, I will sit down with them and I will tell them what I should have done, how I should have handled it, what, what I was trying to get across to them, what I needed them to understand, but how I need to do it better. And, and sometimes I'll just be like, you know, I need you guys to forgive me. And thankfully my boys do. <laughs> right. Well, that, that's how, you know, that's how our kids learn how to forgive. We got to ask for it. Yep. That recognition that we're not perfect. I've done DR, holy cow, volumes. I can feel volumes of the number of times I've had to ask my kids to look past my shortcomings and, and mm -hmm. show me a little mercy, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, it, and it's allowed me to do the same for them as they're willing to, you know, it's okay, dad, you know, and I'm, you know, one of my biggest faults is, you know, I, I, I leave the house, come to work, and then I come home and I immediately focus on all the things that, why, why isn't that done? Why are the dishes still dirty? What's going on? And why hasn't the dog been fed? I mean, and my wife's like, dude, like, welcome home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so over the last couple of years, I've really been trying to focus on that so that yes. my kids don't think that all I care about is making sure that the floor is vacuumed and the floor is wet. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank God for, for wives that will like grab a hold of those and be like, hey, you need to get, you know. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, gentlemen, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I really appreciate both of you. And, and uh, I'm happy you're in my life. And I'm excited about where this is going. And I, and I want to do this again. I think we could do this again on a couple of different things, different topics. For sure. um, absolutely. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm about wrapped up. I don't have a whole lot else to, to add. Um, other than just thanks for everybody else for, for joining us. I hope you get something out of this. Would love to see comments and, and you know, questions or, or, or whatever you've got. And uh, yeah, DR, anything else? No, uh, no, I just appreciate it. Appreciate it again, Jared, for being with us. By the way, Jared, um, you're in the financial business. Yes, sir. Yeah. So just helping people navigate with their financial preparation and making sure their future looks bright for them. It's what I do. So, so anyone is out there uh, looking for someone to sit down and, and, and give them some good advice and advise them through things, especially with what's going on. I, I've known Jared for quite a few years now, and uh, he's an outstanding individual, and would strongly encourage you to get, get an opportunity to sit down with him. But, yeah, I just want to thank everyone as well. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to share, um, and uh, please continue to, to join in with us. And remember, man, everyday life is, is just about you just got to keep stepping. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for tuning in this week. You know, nothing about being a parent is easy. We're continually distracted with what's going on with the world around us. Our kids are continually wanting to engage and be with us. And the thing is, is by worrying about what we're missing out on, we're really going to be missing out on what's going on in their lives. Somebody's going to raise our kids, whether it be whoever they go hang around or the social media they tune into, or the video games they play. Someone's going to be raising them and stealing things into them. And they're going to be looking for things that they need. And what we need to be focusing on is things like attention, giving them our attention, understanding, showing them grace, giving them guidance, giving them boundaries, and loving on them. 
You can never love on your kids too much. It is more than just telling them you love them. Hug on them. Get in their space. Let them know you're there. Get in their face and talk to them. Let them feel you. Let them feel your love. I promise you, you'll never look back and say, I wish I would have spent a little less time with my kids. You can now catch Chasing Relevance on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And if that's just too much handsome for you, you can just listen to us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. As always, thanks for your support.